Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. You're listening to Our Community, Our Mission on April 6, 2021. Good morning, Marion Crable. Good morning. How are you? Just wonderful. How are you? I'm doing okay. Good. Very, yeah. Kim Turley, uh, good morning. Good uh, morning. Director of Volunteers, Events, uh, Media, Contacts. Sure. So whenever they contact somebody, they contact you. <laughs> and uh, then we do stuff with that. So, yeah. um Kim, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about volunteers here mm-hmm. before we get into the main thing we're going to talk about today, and, and because this is some special month. It is Volunteer Appreciation Month, and then there's a special week as well. So, But yes, yeah. yeah, so we are just going to thank our volunteers all month. And How are we doing that? Week. Surprises. Surprises. I can't, I can't <laughs> let it go. You can't reveal. Okay, good. So if you're a volunteer yeah. out there, just get ready. Or if you thought about being a volunteer and you like surprises, yeah, it's now's true. the time to call Kim. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So we uh, we appreciate our volunteers. We could not do what we do without volunteers. Mm-hmm. We've had fewer because of COVID. Yep. But yeah. they're still coming through. They are. I've seen a steady pickup probably here in March, coming into April. It's getting warmer. People are getting more adventurous. People are getting their vaccines as well. Mm-hmm. And then deciding, you know, it's really time for me to get out there again. So yeah. it's exciting. Kim, Miriam, we have a thing we've talked about a little bit that we're going to be kicking off next month. It's called MAP Mobile Access Partnership. Yeah. And it's going to be a combination of working with uh, TRM, Vallejo, Police Department, Stormont Vale to outreach the unsheltered homeless. And um, the first thing that we're going to be doing in this in kind of a long series of different outreaches with medical and food is a shower and laundry trailer mm-hmm. yeah. that is going to be coming on. But we need some supplies for that. So what, what are we needing and how can people help out on that? Well, you know, because we're going to be using large quantities, there's not anything that we don't need of those items. So mm-hmm. we're talking about small toothpaste and toothbrushes and um, shampoo and conditioner, little shaving creams, mm-hmm. um, all those kinds of things that you need when you're taking a shower, mm-hmm. right? And shaving and doing all those sorts of things, soap, yeah. small mm-hmm. bars of soap. So kind of all those um, items that you would find in a hotel mm-hmm. um, that people, we can hand it to them in a gallon bag so that then they can utilize it, take it with them, um, and just have something that will help them um, feel clean, mm-hmm. feel clean and, and happy. Actually have a shower brought to them Absolutely. in this trailer, and it, it's here now. And so um, it's got two shower units in it, toilet, sink. Um, it has a little place for laundry, although we're going to have a lot more laundry than that little unit can handle. Yeah. And so my understanding is scotch and hygienic cleaners have yep. agreed to yeah. do the laundry for the unsheltered homeless in our community. What a, what a cool incredible? community is this? I, I mean, know. really. So nice. I know. Yeah. And who would, th- who would have thought, uh-huh. you know, that, that people would be willing to do that, you mm-hmm. know, but they are. You know, it's it's sort of their way of volunteering, right? Yeah, we exactly. talk about volunteers mm-hmm. doing things here at the mission. Well, there's lots of volunteers out there doing things for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on May 4th, this will be the dedication kickoff in the morning. And Bill Persinger, the CEO of Vallejo, is going to join us here on our community, our mission, towards the end of this month. And we're going to mm-hmm. be talking with yeah. him about really the beginning of something that's a game changer yeah. in regards, I think, to the homeless outreach we have in our community. But before that, we need supplies, as yes. we talked about. So People can go to our website. Yes, to they find can find their the list. Needs. Yep. Okay. Yes, and uh, Kim, we need volunteers to help put health kit bags together. Like Marion talked about the gallon bags, we yes. need some volunteers, and so they can contact you um, on the website as well. And yep. so um, to be able to do that, to find out what the needs are, to be yeah. able to volunteer, so that we're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, May the 4th 
to be able to have something for people to take in that shower. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you're interested in for information on that, you can go to the Topeka Rescue Men web website, at trmonline.org, trmonline.org. Look for the volunteer page as well as look for the needs list. Right. Now, we say all that. If you go to that website today and you go to that website maybe a week from now, it's not going to look totally different, right, Mary? Isn't that cool? It's going to be like a whole new day for the website. <laughs> yeah. So not we're not setting a date date that we're going to oh, have it switched over, but we're going to have a similar. It's tempting, though. Yeah, <laughs> with, some, with some videos and people yeah. talking on there. And so we've been working on this for a while, so it's pretty yeah. exciting. It is. So, it's really exciting. So, and I think it'll be easier for people to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll just... It'll just draw people in a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I think one of the best things is they'll be able to give us feedback and mm-hmm. tell us what they want to know about right. so that then we can be really responsive right. um, to what folks want to know about us, right. you know, mm-hmm. questions they have, concerns they might have. So it'll be a great way for us to communicate with people. You know, I thought about this, you know, why do we want to invest in a website that you can communicate with? It's kind of like an email to me is like standing in the street, looking at someone's house, wondering what's going on inside there. And there's a little bit of communication through the window. Yeah. Um, Facebook is like standing on the front porch. You get a chance to kind of look inside the house, but the website, the way this is designed, you get to come in the house. You get to come inside TRM. You get to hear from Chef Sean Hall. Um, on a video, Terry Hun, director of education and human yeah. trafficking. You get to hear, you get to hear from Mark DeGroff, who's director of Operation Street Reach, and uh, you get to hear from Marissa Dake, who is director of Operation Food Secure. Right. And Kim's going to be on there, Ooh. and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and others coming forward. You're going to hear them, and there's going to be at least a monthly updated video mm-hmm, right. that you actually just not just not read about what's going on, but you get to hear it from the people who are on the front lines. Exactly, That's and th- cool. I think that'll be wonderful for folks. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we have something unusual to talk about today. And um, it is something that uh, we feel like we want to be very transparent about. And um, that's what we're all about. It's called Our Community, Our Mission. This is the right. program. We, we tackle tough subjects. And there's a bit of a tough subject that came up through a local publication uh, yeah. called 785. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, wrote an opinion piece that um, had a lot of opinions about Topeka Rescue Mission that we have um, answered mm-hmm. um, on the TRM website. If people want to go there, we have systematically kind of walked out some of the different concerns that they had. And so, Miriam and Kim, I am uh, wanting you to grill me on concerns that were possibly raised in that editorial, and uh, which um, I am uh, – totally open like we always are to hearing hard questions and giving the best answer that we understand. Uh, One of the things that I enjoy so much about this ministry is there's been a lot of effort put into transparency. Mm -hmm. And so we have a hard job here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, The kind of situations that we encounter, the way that we go about things is very challenging and uh, because of the, the brokenness that we see. Um, sure. and, but we also um, are accountable to a community of volunteers and donors mm-hmm. and just the community at large to do this the very best way we can. Fortunately, uh, the Charity Navigator, um, which is the nation's largest charity evaluator, has given us um, a good grade, um, to say the least, um, on transparency (laughs) and fiduciary responsibility and all of those kind of things. And uh, there's 160,000 charities that they evaluate. 
there's only 68 of them that have a 100% rating. And so Topeka Rescue Mission is one of those 68 out of 160,000. That I'm glad for that we can point back to that Mm -hmm. and other things. So Miriam and Kim, um, the floor is yours to to grill me. Uh, Ask the question. And I have not seen these questions. Um, So you're going to put them in your own way of saying things, and I'll do my best to answer them. Let me just tell you, Kim and I have been waiting for this for years. (laughs) (laughs) Just years to be over here while you're here. Having to answer the questions. So if you see my lips moving and you don't hear anything, it's the mic went out, <laughs> oh, the yeah. technology's gone down. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. But, you know, I've, I've, I've been blessed over the years to um, work with a lot of people in media, universities, you know, just general public that ask hard questions. I right. love hard questions because we grow, we learn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we change things, uh, the way we do things. Right. And other times we're able to help a community understand the why mm-hmm. of sure. what we do. So who's first? Oh, Kim's pointing at me, so I'm going to assume that that means me. Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> so, Barry, one of the questions that was asked was about the Restore Hope House. So mm-hmm. we've had this house um, that we've been utilizing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want you to talk just a little bit about what is the Restore Hope House? Mm-hmm. What is it for? And why in the world would that have been at all controversial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good question. You know, it's... Um, the house that we um, started using a number of years ago was a safe house for victims of human trafficking. Um, there were individuals who had escaped trafficking that we administered to, um, but we had been at the request of law enforcement um, to find them a safe place to reside off the grid um, to where we would take care of them, that they would not be exposed to the potential dangers of the traffickers because um, they were going to testify in court. And so literally it was a life and death situation. And so we happened to um, have a particular home that we were using on loan to us at the rescue mission and uh, it was compromised. In other words, the traffickers found where it was. So we had to move out of that situation and find another house. And there just happened to be a house that was belonged to my daughter, and she was um, going to sell it, and she decided not to sell it to let us use it. And so for a number of years, we were doing that. Finally, she got to a place where she needed to sell the home because she has a different home. She doesn't live here in Topeka anymore. And so... Um, we said, okay, we've invested in this home. This is a great place. It's kept people safe for a long time. We really like this home. So we talked to donors, and we had some specific donors that said, we want to the rescue mission to own this home. Yeah. And so why is it controversial? Well, number one, we didn't want it to be known. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a challenge. And then, unfortunately, uh, the publisher um, printed the address and put a picture um, for everybody to see. Yeah. And so now we have got to regroup. How safe is that home now? Sure. So controversial was that it was my kid who owned the home. Yeah. County appraisal appraised it for $77,000. Rescue mission paid $90,000 for it. However, that was the county appraisal. Um, we had talked to three different realtors, independent realtors from each other, and they said the fair market value was way more than 90000 yeah. So basically without you know saying how much she gave to back to the mission. It was a substantial amount. It was in the tens of thousands of dollars that sure. she could have got that she didn't for the sure. house. Absolutely. So when we do things like this here at the mission, whose decision is that? Is that a staff decision to mm-hmm. make this level of purchase? Um, who, who gets involved? And, and Barry, what was your role mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. d- making that determination that we would 
actually purchase this house? Yeah, good question. So, no, um, the staff are not able to do real estate transactions. That is a board of director. Um, uh, you know, there was a question about the executive director, which is me. Did I um, uh, have a vote in this? Did I abstain from the vote? Um the answer is no to both. I don't have a vote because I'm not a board member. Um, I'm, I'm the hired hand, so yeah. to speak, to run the rescue mission. The board of directors makes those critical financial decisions. Um, so I can't make a motion. I can't make a vote, those kind of things. Now, the board was very aware of the usage of this house for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so when it came down to we need to go find another house or we need to buy this one, then it was uh, to them a wise financial decision. Plus – Monies had been designated for mm-hmm. that house right. um, by donors. And so we didn't publicize the transaction like we might on something else to a community um, because it was supposed to be a safe house. Mm-hmm. Um, plus our donors that had specifically given for that um, had said, we understand what this is for and we want it to be for that purpose. Sure. You know, and when you think about it, tying kind of back into the volunteer mm-hmm. month, um, there were so many volunteers oh, that yeah. helped us. With that mm-hmm. house and redo that house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, they did. And and they were all um, understanding of why to keep it confidential. Sure. You know, sure. And, and the same thing goes with a lot of safe homes, uh, uh, domestic violence shelters. There are people who are going to know where they're located, yeah. but you don't publicize them. Right. And so um, that was one of the reasons we went to the current house that we're in is because the previous one had been compromised. Mm-hmm. We don't want to leave this particular location. It's going to change how we do things mm-hmm. going forward. Sure. All that said, board is the one that evaluated it, looked at the financial piece of it, uh, talked about it and made a decision to go ahead and go forward with it. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Kim, did you have something? It was just tying back to that. Cause I know sometimes when people say here's safe house, things like that, they don't quite understand. Like, why is it important that we did not publicize where this house was? And stuff? Well, you know, first started out, we, we, um, uh, were asked by law enforcement mm-hmm. to be able to provide safe lodging for a particular individual who um, had been a victim of human trafficking, who was rescued out of that and was willing to testify against the uh, perpetrators of the crime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always thought, well, there's witness protection and those kind mm-hmm. of things. There's only that in certain situations on a federal level. They don't, uh, this was on a local level. And mm-hmm. so um, the purpose of keeping it safe and mm-hmm. secret was because there were people wanting to kill this individual yeah. and, and others since then that we have helped out. Um, we've had some horrendous stories where it's been touch and go prior to having a safe house. We were attempting to do one of two things. One is bring folks who are victims of trafficking who are in that critical danger situation into the hope center mm-hmm. for women and families because they're primarily women. And finding that that was as secure as it is, that was still a problem mm-hmm. or get them out of Topeka. Well, we exhausted all of our resources mm-hmm. around the country of shipping people in different places for safe homes, restoration homes, and those kind of things. And we were getting some pushback. Hey, don't please keep sending us your folks anymore. We don't have any room. And so can you take care of your own? So, yeah, we had to as we began to learn about the growing um, – numbers of people. Well, maybe they weren't growing. We just became aware of how yeah. big this issue was of victims of human trafficking. And uh, and traffickers don't want to lose their property. Mm-mm. And that's how they view it. They view a person as their property and they want to um, not lose their investment. Exactly. And so if that investment is not cooperative, a lot of things can happen to that person, and uh, including death. And so uh, that was why it was so important and why it continues to be important mm-hmm. to this day. And I'm hoping that people didn't see it 
don't pay attention to it, and mm-hmm. we can continue doing what we do best there in that location. There's other safe homes mm-hmm. in Topeka that are birthing out of what has already begun here. And we're not talking about where they are, and mm-hmm. we won't. And I hope nobody ever does because we will not be able to effectively keep people safe yeah, sure. if we don't have them anonymously. Sure, sure. Let's go back to the board just a little bit, Barry. Um, one of the things that was mentioned in that editorial is that um, – we have a board that is sort of stagnant or stagnant governance, I think is the exact way that it was, it was framed. Um, so what do you think is really important that our listeners know about the Topeka Rescue Mission Board? Yeah, that, that, that statement of stagnant governance was that there's no term limits. Mm-hmm. And so that's different interpretations on what a term limit is. So some people think a term limit is that people have a certain amount of time and then they no longer conserve in that organization. Um, we've been talking about term limits in Congress for a long right. time. <laughs> so right. That hasn't happened. Um, pro or con on that. Um, then there are term limits that are renewable term limits. And so our board has three-year staggering term limits. In other words, they get elected, serve for three years, and then they either are reelected or not elected at that point or choose to come off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel in this organization, Topeka Rescue Mission, because of the nature of what we do, and there is so much change in regards to responding to the critical needs of the homeless, the hungry, victims of human trafficking, and so forth, there needs to be continuity. And so we offer the opportunity, we don't, the board does, Mm -hmm. offers the opportunity for board members who are in good standing with the board Mm -hmm. to be elected again Mm -hmm. for renewable three-year term. Mm -hmm. Now, if anything happens, there's policy and conduct and all those kind of things that a board member could lose their position, which has never happened because we have some great, great board members. But they have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to serve my three-year term. I'm going to come off or I'm going to um, ask if I can be reelected to another three-year term. Again, they're staggering. So I don't see that as is stagnant. What I mm-hmm. see that is valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, another um, concern was the board president has been in this particular position as president for quite a number of years, uh, rather than rotating out presidents. Um, I think if you got a good thing, a good thing going, keep it good. And uh, our particular board president is just a phenomenal leader. And uh, one of the accusations that was alluded to in that editorial was that he's held his position of quote unquote power for all this time. He's got no power. Um, he conducts a meeting. He uh, has no more power over any other board member. And so basically he conducts meetings well. He represents the mission well. He ties everybody together well. And he brings us and the board meets at least on a monthly basis um, as a group. And then uh, we have board members that volunteer um, with the ministry uh, throughout the month in different areas of interest that they have. So I think that because there's very few systems like the Topeka Rescue Mission that tackle poverty and homelessness and hunger like we do, and the moving uh, needle on this about where it goes, I mean, just like the pandemic and being responsive to that is that you need good, solid, knowledgeable board members that you don't have to retrain over and over and over again. Sure. So what is the range in terms of how long people have actually been on the Topeka Rescue Mission board? Do you know? Yeah, we've had some folks that only stayed on a year um, due to the nature of the challenges that we've had. Um, And then some have stayed on a little bit longer, but uh, some were in military and they got deployed. Um, We've had some people relocate out of town. We have had one board member that stayed on the board for 52 years. 
Whoa. Yeah. That okay, was, that's uh-huh. a very long that time. That was a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's come close to that. Um, but it, his name was Leonard Johnson, and um, he was our treasurer, and he had uh, uh, he came on the board uh, – I think when I was three years old, yeah, <laughs> and so sure. and so, but the, va- the vast amount of knowledge that he had yeah. Yeah. was just incredible. Now he passed away as a board member, and there was nothing. I mean, there was no, there was no, there's no yes people on the board of directors at Topeka Rescue Mission. Me as the executive director, I present things, I present needs and so forth, but they don't rubber stamp anything. They never have. You go clear back to Leonard Johnson. He was one of my biggest challenges because he wanted me to, he was the, the, the filter on everything. He wanted me to prove everything, which I think I became a better director because he knew this mission better than I knew it mm-hmm. when I first started here. He helped train me. Now, if we'd have rotated board members over and over and over again, like a lot of organizations do that maybe aren't in this volatile situation, I don't think we would have the kind of continuity and the kind of experience that it takes to be able to do this work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rescue mission, there's about 38% of rescue mission leaders that are going to retire in the next year Mm -hmm. around the country. They cannot find enough people that are willing to step into this that have got the kind of experience and knowledge to be able to step into this kind of work because it's so complicated now. So same thing applies to your board. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, we're not stagnant. This board is not stagnant. This board is very challenged and challenging Mm -hmm. to its leadership, which would be me, Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. Sure. Absolutely. So 2019, um, the summer of 2019 for all of us was uh, definitely, I would call it, an exercise in faith. Mm-hmm. It was our right? it was our COVID test. Uh, oh my run. goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, for, for I think for each uh-huh. and every staff person, we felt the weight yes. of the financial situation that uh, TRM was facing, yes. and there were definitely financial challenges as well as community perception challenges during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, And in this editorial, it talked about the fact that because we made a clarion call, because we said help Mm -hmm. uh, for the first time after many years, Mm -hmm. um, that we technically did damage to other organizations, Mm -hmm. that we prevented them from being able to uh, raise money in that. Address that a little bit in terms of your perspective on um, us asking for money and that being something that damages other organizations. You know, there's very few people that like to ask for money. I'd be one of them. I don't like to ask for money. I just love to do the job that we do and the money be there. But uh, yes, you're right. In 2019, uh, we had an unusual, unusual year. Things have been going really well for TRM for many, many years without having to go to the community and uh, say that we're in any kind of a financial jeopardy. We had gone about uh, two years before that, I think, and said that in order to do everything we're doing, we need more resources. That helped some. But it was a very soft ask. It was just pretty much an informational but by 2019, due to a number of factors, uh, tax law change being one, uh, but it wasn't the only thing, is that we found ourselves in the summer of really running the clock out financially to be able to do everything that we were doing. And so we had a hard decision to make. Are we going to shut down programs, say nothing, or are we going to go to the community and say, here's our situation? I think one of the things that um, I became very aware of was that the community, by and large, just really didn't have giving or the critical needs for us to be here um, on the forefront of their thinking. And so it was a bit of a shock to them. Well, we thought you guys were always going to be okay because you've always been okay. I kind of thought that way too, you know, is that we just were assuming that those big gifts would come in. They just didn't that year uh, in the beginning of 2019. 
And so, yes, we had to um, hold a press conference, and we had to invite a lot of people to stand with us in that press conference and to be able to, to say what we did. Now, the accusation in the editorial was that we brought harm to other organizations. You know, it's, it, to, to answer that is that um, organizations um, in the nonprofit arena um, – on periodic basis are going to go to the community for capital campaigns mm-hmm. um, or financial needs to be able to take care of a situation. There was another fairly major um, organization in our community that helps people that two years before that almost folded. And they had to sell off some property, and they also made a strong appeal to the community um, to be able to help them survive or they wouldn't be here today. So we were in the same kind of boat. We had to let people know. And so uh, what was interesting is – in the process, we had a lot of nonprofits that stood up together with us mm-hmm. to say, we want you to be here. We want to do whatever we can. Uh, you know, United Way, Vallejo, um, and uh, Cornerstone of Topeka, some of the ones, and others stood up with us on mm-hmm. this and continue to do so to this day. Were there some that were harmed financially by the fact that we did the clearing call for finances? I never had a director talk to me about that. Um, I have not known of any program or agencies that closed because of it. Um, were there challenges um, to some of those agencies? Probably so. Um, people may have, not that we know that it happened, they may have shifted giving from what they were giving over to the Topeka Rescue Mission at that time. Again, that's not uncommon when there is something that's kind of on the forefront. Mm-hmm. We have seen giving from TRM shift over to another initiative um, multiple times. And our thinking is we're all in the same boat together. Let's do this together and realize that sometime, someday, somebody's paddle is going to break and we need to help get a new paddle so we can all row together. But not everybody always sees it that way. And so, um, but again, I think that um, it was something that we had to do. Mm -hmm. We did it. There was a lot of people that asked hard questions and we came through it. Were there mistakes made? Yes, there was mistakes made. I made the mistake and I owned it. And that was that I think I expanded to TRM too large um, to do everything we were doing. Was it we were building water slides and amusement parks? No. We were doing things that were meeting needs with a gamble that maybe we won't be able to do all of them forever. So I'm grateful today that things like Doxazo is its own 501c3. The net reach that we had is now sent over in the Highcrest neighborhood, and they're doing phenomenal work over there. And there were a number of things that we transitioned away mm-hmm. to others um, to do that. Sometimes you got to walk out on the limb to see if people are going to be out there with you mm-hmm. on this. And many, many people were. But um, if I was going to look back, and I had the crystal ball. I would say, yeah, we maybe overextend a little bit. Sure. Put in jeopardy the shelter operations. And so when we came back and said, okay, we're going to shut down some things, we sold off a couple of properties, Mm -hmm. got out of the the retail business on thrift stores. Um, We uh, got out of a rental. Um, Fortunately, we we shut the Children's Palace down, which we hadn't planned to do. A phenomenal ministry to families and their kids, but it's a good thing we did because when COVID hit, we needed a building Mm -hmm. to be able to put our education programs in and so many other things on that. So, So that's a long answer. Uh, to that, sure. but um, yeah, I think I think that it's not uncommon to do what we did. Mm-hmm. People felt it was uncommon because they'd never heard the rescue mission do it. Sure, and I think there is a misperception out there that 
there isn't friendly competition when it comes to dollars. Oh, yeah. There are just so many dollars, and right. we're all competing for them. We're all trying to um, complete our missions. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's not uncommon that we're, we're in this position of all competing for the same dollars, or for some of the same dollars, at least. I think so. In the same time. It's not negative. It mm-hmm. just is what it is. It is what yeah. it is, but it also is an opportunity for the community to be able to hear about the greater value of yeah. everything working together. I mean, you're former director of United Way. And so um, at one time we were in competing dollars. Yes, right? we were. And so, but at the same time we worked together. Exactly. And, and there were times that the United Way had particular needs that they were trying to do and TRM did. And so we sat down and we had a good talk about those yeah. and said, okay, whose turn is it next to be able to, right. you know, support each other. And so yeah, I, I, I love that aspect of what we have here in Topeka. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but not everybody necessarily sees it that way. Right. Right. It can be hard and it can be scary. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to add to that is, you know, I've been around the mission for a number of years mm-hmm. growing up here. Seven years old, as I recall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so in your lifetime and beyond, beside that being here as executive director, how many times has TRM done like, I know you mentioned a soft ask, but mm-hmm. a big clarion call like that? Well, the only other time in my time here was mm-hmm. 1986 um, in July. Um, I had came in April of 1986 and the mission was in a really bad shape. Now, it wasn't anything like we see today. It was a very much a small operation. But we were about out of funds. And so uh, I put out a newsletter in July of that year to say, hey, we're about out of funds. And we had, I think, 50 people on our newsletter. Um, fortunately, the, I know Sorry. that sounds kind of funny today. But uh, that was it. And, um, you know, we didn't have much of a budget need. But still, we didn't have any money. I think that... Um, uh, I think our annual budget was seventy thousand oh, wow. dollars, and we were bringing in about three thousand dollars mm. a month maximum. So math didn't work out. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be the shortest term director. I was the fifth director in the history of the rescue mission. I thought I was going to be the shortest term one. So far, I've turned out to be the longest term <laughs> one. But but uh, but a reporter, a brand new reporter of the Capital Journal by the name of Tim Rencher, who still works for uh, the Capital Journal, um, read the newsletter, came over, and he said, "Can I have your books?" And I said, sure. So he took our books and went away for three days, had them analyzed and came back and did an article in the Capital Journal on a Sunday that basically said, here has how the giving's gone down. Here's what the needs are. And uh, God used Tim Rencher and the Capital Journal to turn that whole thing around. And we, by the end of that year, we had a bit of a surplus to be able to do the then Topeka Rescue Mission operation. So not the first time, but it had been a long time. 1986 to 2019, that was a long stretch. And we'd built a number of buildings, Mm -hmm. created new programs in the process, like multiple new programs. And uh, we had to do it again in 30-some years. So you've it, you've talked a little bit about it or touched on it already, but um, one of the other things that the editorial called into question was our willingness to collaborate with mm-hmm. other organizations, mm-hmm. saying that we were duplicative in some of the things that we did, that we were out there just doing, just doing our own thing without really paying attention to what else mm-hmm. might be going on in the community. Do you think that's correct? No, I don't. Not at all. That one really took me back because we are so collaborative with other organizations every single day, Um, small, large, Mm -hmm. in between. We could not do what we do without extensive collaboration and efforts to be put into that. Now, um, some people will say that there were organizations doing a particular piece of something Mm -hmm. that we started doing as well. But I would argue that we didn't do it the same way they were doing it. We found out what the gaps were. Let's Mm -hmm. look at Operation Food Secure. 
there's already a phenomenal organization in this community called Harvesters mm-hmm. who also accesses food from the USDA um, through the Farmers to Families program. And they're doing a, a great job. We contacted them ahead of time, had great conversations with them to say, hey, we've been approached about this as well. We don't want to do what you do. Is there anything that you think we can do to complement what you're doing? And it all turned out to say there are gaps that harvesters can't meet. Can you fill the gaps? And so there was a cooperative relationship with all that. So um, I would say that um, you look at the new MAP program, Mm -hmm. the mobile access partnership that's coming up. That wasn't just a idea that just got started. That's been in the process for a long time because we've been working with Vallejo. We've been working with law enforcement. We've been working with numerous other agencies to outreach the unsheltered homeless. Now we are coming together with a next step in bringing in Stormont Vale mm-hmm. with us for a mobile medical clinic, uh, the paramedicine program um, with Topeka Police Department, Fire Department, uh, to be able to outreach in a much greater way. There's going to be even more that will be announced on that partnership later. So I love partnerships. Uh, matter of fact, in 2018, the Topeka Rescue Mission was recognized out of 300 rescue missions in North America through the CityGate Network getting the CityGate Award um, as the top rescue mission for collaboration in the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. And say so you guys got the example. So when I read that, I go, yeah, somebody didn't do their homework on that one. So what, do, what are we not doing well? If there is people out there that could think that we are not strong collaborators, what should we do different? Yeah, I think that, uh, again, it goes back to 2019. We're, doing, we're in the trenches here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to wave the flag when you're deep down in the trench, mm-hmm. people to see the flag. We need to do a better job of promoting what we do, mm-hmm. which I've always been just a little bit hesitant to do. But in this day and age, with their social media Media is changing. It used to be that the people that would wave our flag was the television stations, the radio stations, the newspaper. They still do some of that, but now there's so much more out there. So we have to be in tune. That's why we're focusing on uh, our social media platform in a much greater way. Uh, newsletter's been out there forever. Um, we continue to do that. Our Facebook, that's why we're going to a new website that's interactive. And um, I've always hesitated on calling press conferences. Mm-hmm. I've just hesitated because I just don't want to beat our drum. But mm-hmm. people are saying, you need to beat your drum. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to beat it alone. I'm excited about what's going to happen May 4th because we're going to beat the drum that's not just Topeka Rescue Mission, but it's Vallejo, Stormont Vale, uh, the police department, um, about how we're all doing yeah. this together. So I want I want people to know that. We're not, we're not doing that uh, because we don't. It's not a it's not a pride thing, mm-hmm. and and I don't want it to appear. Topeka Rescue Mission is a big organization, and we could we could steal a lot of thunder, and we don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to support the whole effort, the collaborative continuum of how we help people in this community. And so I would say some people would say um, they didn't they didn't know about this because they didn't hear about it or see about it, uh, read about it or whatever because we didn't beat the drum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can absolutely see that and. and and it, yeah, it just causes me to wonder, though, how much time and effort do we put into that kind of thing versus just doing the work? That's exactly right. You know, and, and there are going to be organizations that, for lack of a better term, are going to have a jealousy or animosity towards another organization that may be getting lots of volunteers or lots of money or whatever the case might be. And on all transparency, when I first started working at the rescue mission, we were a little tiny mom and pop shop. You know, it was just a me and the homeless and and the board. And uh, it was that way for a couple of years, you know, it was a great place to go learn homelessness if your teachers are the homeless. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
But I was looking over at other organizations that were more established in our community that were doing better. And I had jealousy. You know, I was going, man, we'll never be like them. They get all the money. They get all the volunteers. And I began to realize over the years that I was so wrong, that God's got all the money and he's got the volunteers <laughs> and he would be sending the money and he'd be sending the volunteers to be able to get us where we need to be as long as I got my heart right. And I began to champion those that were successful and not feel negatively about their success. I think part of this is there's always going to be in every community, there's going to be people that have uh, the wrong heart about somebody who's being successful. And um, yeah, and that, that exists. It's part of life. And sure. so at the same time, we have to evaluate, is there value in what we're doing? Are we doing it in the best way? It, we're not in a silo and trying to reach out and to fill gaps. And um, by virtue of that, I think that uh, we're in the right position and and that's what our assignment is and we're going to do it. Sure. You've talked a bit about the growth of TRM since you started, but even just in the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. the growth at TRM has been incredible, uh, which the number of homeless has grown that we've served. Um, The issues that we're dealing with Mm -hmm. have seemed more significant and therefore you've had to also increase staff here at TRM. One of the items that was brought up in the editorial was about um, us not offering health care to all of our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Also a situation with the IRS um, and the assessment because of the Affordable Care Act Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, It's a very complicated issue, and I know it's not easy to answer quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you address both the thoughts about how we provide benefits for our employees here, and also why in the world we would have to pay the IRS anything. Yeah, that is complicated. Uh, anytime you say IRS, then you, you automatically uh, go into confusion or panic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the editorial said that the rescue mission had not been in compliance with the 95% um, minimum um, health insurance coverage that you po- provide for your employees. Um, and that's correct. We were not providing health and coverage to 95% of our folks through a private plan. So the Affordable Care Act, some refer to as Obamacare, when that was introduced, um, it was to kind of level out the playing field so that all Americans who were employed had the opportunity to get health care. So historically, an organization that couldn't afford to pay health care or would not have enough participation in their health care plans, and and what I mean by that – not, not to be able to afford health care, that was not an excuse anymore. The government says, too bad if you can't afford it. Um, you got to. You're going to afford it one way or the other, which made sense. People need health care. However, the private carriers um, like Blue Cross and others out there, they have a minimum participation in health care. Even though Topeka Rescue Mission pays an incredible amount towards people's health care, so that our employees um, really don't have to pay that much out of pocket. We still have some employees who can't afford it for whatever reasons. So if we provide the standard health care to all of our employees through a private plan, we will not have enough participation, which means that our group will not be covered at all. There's a problem. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a lot of folks who work at the rescue mission who have been a guest of the rescue mission who were homeless. And so some of our jobs have been startup jobs. And so they don't start out at competitive wage because a lot of times they're still staying at the mission. But they are 
by definition, they're a full-time employee, which means that under the Affordable Care Act, they have to have health coverage. Okay. So the good and the bad, based upon who you're talking to in regards to the Affordable Health Care Act, is that um, there had to be a way for those people to get health care. So the editorial said that the rescue mission was penalized and fined by the IRS. Um, It wasn't a fine. It wasn't a penalty. It was an assessment. So the government said those that you provide health care to on the traditional or the private, okay, fine. The rest of them that are directed towards the exchange program, that's the federal program, it's federal health care, then they'll get health care there. They still have to pay for it. But sometimes that program is even better than what we could provide, but we're going to send you a bill. So the simple way to describe it, if there is a simple way, is we got a bill from our private health carrier and we got a bill from the federal government. And so it was an assessment or a bill. Um, The challenge was, and it will continue to be on this, is that while our private health insurance folks bill us regularly – Federal government sends their bills delayed, and their bill was sent delayed for over a year, and so maybe two, two years. And so, so what we have got to do, and all organizations like ours um, have to do, is we have to budget for those bills coming in. The federal government may or may not bill, but we have to plan like they were going to bill. It's like if you had a private insurance carrier and they decided that they weren't going to bill you. Okay, that's great, but don't plan on not being billed. So we have to plan on being billed. So basically there's, and again, this is complicated, but this is trying to to simplify it. There's two kind of health plans today. One's private, one's government. The organization like Topeka Rescue Mission will pay one or the other or both, and we are paying both. Very good. Very good. And it's, it is difficult, you know, I mean, we want to, I would assume you would want to provide health insurance for all our employees. Is that correct? Well, Maybe. Um, And I say maybe on this because we found out that the exchange program for some of our folks is better in regards to what it covers than our private health care plan does. And we actually considered channeling everybody to the exchange program and getting a bill from the government because in certain situations based upon income, incomes, um, health histories and those kind of things that that exchange program actually was more attractive. Some of our folks that might have been eligible for the private health care, mm-hmm. they saw what they could get on the exchange and said, I want to go that direction. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody to have health coverage. Mm-hmm. It's a burger trying to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and a doctor, and you have no way to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And it can wreck you. Mm-hmm. And it's the number one cause of bankruptcy in America today, mm-hmm. even with health coverage, mm-hmm. uh, because of health care costs. I mean, that that says something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I want everybody to have good health care. Question is, where can they get the best? Sure, exactly. Kim, did you have anything else you wanted to ask Barry? Um, I have one last question, but I don't know if you have anything more about Darko. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, my, my last question is, you know, through this article and things like that, what's one thing you want the listeners to know from everything we discussed today from the situation and things like that, that you may have learned or you just want them to know about? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think that there is learning on both ends of things. Mm -hmm. Um, One is I, I think what we learn in situations Mm -hmm. like this is people began to call when they read this or heard about it and say, how can we help? Um, we know you guys, we trust you guys. How can we stand with you? Some agencies said, Hey, we want to stand together with you in a press conference. I said, I don't want a press conference. You know, <laughs> I just, uh, I just think that they're just like 2019. We had so many people step up and says, thank you for what you do. And, uh, we kind of just 
assume people knew it, but then to hear it and to have letters and to have phone calls and to have whatever, emails, to say, you know, we're with you and we appreciate what you do. There's not a lot of people want to do this work. You know, a lot of people want to talk about it. Uh, this is hard work. I mean, this is this is 24-7 life and death stuff here. And not too many people really want to do it. So to have your police chief stand up and your sheriff and, uh, and uh, the heads of different organizations and and uh, get a call from the governor's office, say, hey, how can we help? And those kind of things from different governmental organizations, private, all the way down to um, the homeless who were staying here. We had homeless people reaching in their own pockets saying, I want to help out. That's huge. Mm-hmm. What do I want people to know is that we cannot do well as a community um, to be able to help our neighbors when we fight. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Um, are we going to be perfect in that? No, we're not perfect. We're all humans. Um, Topeka Rescue Mission is run by a bunch of humans. Um, and we pray a lot that (laughs) our humanity will be overcome with the grace of God. I want people to know that we are all about learning what it really means to love God and love our neighbor. I want people to understand that we're going to do everything we can to be as transparent as possible. So we make ourselves vulnerable before a charity navigator type organizations and independent audits and, and people who can call in on our website right now. Um, there is, uh, answers to some of the questions that you've asked today. There is also a uh, address to our website. There's an address to charity navigator. There's an email address. If you have more questions and my phone number with my extension, mm-hmm. I want to be available. Yeah. I need to be out there helping the homeless. I need to make sure that we're feeding everybody today. I, but also I am accountable to that donor. Mm-hmm. I'm accountable to people who have never donated because we are, even though we're private, we are in the community. So I think what I'm hoping that people learn is let's, in this day and age of segregated division, of anger, of uh, cancel, of all of those things, let's think about the person who is really hurting. Mm -hmm. And while we can always do it better, let's come together to learn how to do it better without trying to hurt somebody or an organization in the process of saying you're doing it wrong. But let's do it together. Sure, sure. Well, I I so appreciate your willingness to just get out in front of it, to talk to people about it, to be willing to represent all of the folks who work here at TRM. Um, There's a lot of people here that work really hard trying Mm -hmm. to serve those who are so very, very vulnerable and broken. And um, it is is wonderful to have somebody who's willing to be so transparent. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. And thanks for letting Kim and I (laughs) sit in this role of being able to fire at you. Well, you know, and and again, I I appreciate you both doing it and, uh, and the backstory is this. I said, I don't want to know what the questions are and I want you guys to be as drill sergeant as you can be on this and just ask the question. I think you've done a pretty good job on this. You know, I've had some interviews before and you're pretty brutal. No, 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 absolutely. No, this is good. It was, it was, it was, it was accurate, fair. These things need to be answered. So we've answered them on the Topeka Rescue Mission website. It says responses to um, the editorial. Uh, You can go there to read more about this. We want to get beyond this and just move along. Uh, We have no animosity. Um, towards anybody who thinks negatively of Topeka Rescue Mission. Uh, We may not agree with them, and we may have a different perspective on it, but we don't have animosity whatsoever because we got a big job to do here, and it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. And so thank you both for um, 
coming up sure. with some questions and, and shooting them this way. And uh, thank you all um, who have took taken the time to listen to today's podcast, which is kind of uh, out of the norm, but it's a very important one that you uh, take a chance to uh, to investigate into. So if you'd like more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission or about the subject we've talked about today, you can go to trmonline.org, trmonline.org. And uh, just uh, know that uh, here in the future, you'll maybe see a whole different look on our website, but you'll still find good information there and maybe able to find it a little easier. Also, if you are interested in learning more or asking Asking questions, there's information on what we've talked about today of how you can get a hold of me personally, um, or you can uh, send an email question in, or you can um, go to Charity Navigator and find out how we stand in regards to charities nationally. Um, if you would like to support Topeka Rescue Mission, you can give online uh, at trmonline.org, or you can text to give to TRM Give to 77977. That's text TRM Give to 77977. Thank you so much for listening to our community, our mission.